not standing by by being quiet so you don't stir the pot. Welcome back to Dreamcast Project, where we believe in human potential. We explore how intentional thought can create the future you want and to inspire the belief in the possible. I'm Michelle. And I'm Ricardo. And welcome to today's podcast. The not standing by and being quiet so that you don't stir the pot is something that happens in our everyday lives. And I think it transfers into, you know, the broader, bigger topics that actually makes a big difference. Look, yes, littering is wrong and we should tell people, but so too is not being mindful about how you impact climate change. So too is topics of being racist or anti-racist. So too are topics like, should the queen be glorified or vilified? Those are, those are big, heavy topics where a lot of people are still standing by and just being quiet about it. So I don't believe that the queen should be vilified, nor do I believe that the queen should be glorified. I think what's important for me is to look at what difference she could have made. In the context of what we're talking about at the moment, right? Not standing by and being quiet versus being able to make a difference in other people's lives. Right. So in the Queen's case, it's not about any one of us being vocal about our opinion about the Queen. It's really about the Queen standing by and not doing anything. You know, although she had limited political power due to the separation of state and government in the UK, she was still very, very powerful in her influence. You know, pe- people across the world, people love the pageantry of the royals. Oh, family. They are enamored by the, the theater, they, like, the, like we are with the Kardashians. That's how it is with the royal family. But I think we all, and especially when you're in a position of power, we all have a responsibility to, to not stand by and to make a difference where we can. And, and I do think the Queen had a lot of opportunity that she didn't take. And I think the the premise of you know us being sprinkled with this fairy dust of magic, so to speak, the magic of the Queen and the magic of the Kardashians, and you know it's all fanfare at the end of the day, that distracts what's really happening and what what can really have made a massive impact. There are two sides to this queen, uh, especially when it comes to the queen you know if you if you talk to a country or people that was colonized by the British Empire. And and let's be clear, the British Empire sits on the wealth of every other country that they colonized. They had institutionalized segregation. They had institutionalized racism. Slavery. They had institutionalized slavery, right? Those are all shitty things. And, And we can't hide from the fact that that is what they did. That is the legacy that the Queen inherited. And she had done very little to rectify that wrong. And I think that still really hurts people. I mean, there were there's so many articles that came out at the time of the Queen's death and her passing and her funeral, etc. And one of them that came out was the Queen's courtiers banned colored immigrants or foreigners from serving in clerical roles within the royal house until at least the 1960s. Right, so literally she didn't want anybody of color near her. That's what that meant. If you were colored or a person of color, you could be a servant, you could be a gardener, you could be anything else, but you couldn't be anywhere near 
the queen in a clerical role. And that's horrible. Not only did that happen, there was no apology made for it, right? There was no reasoning given behind it. What happened was legislation just doubled down and they basically said, look, the crown is still exempt, even today, from racial and sexual discrimination by law. Crazy. That is still law today. How nuts is that? So when we talk about this premise of glorifying the queen or villainizing the queen, you know, there are so, there's so many examples of really shitty stuff. And I struggle to find the really good stuff. And that's me personally, right? There's another theory that goes, you know, especially in the Western world, you know, we need to be thankful for the queen because she has given the Western world everything that the Western world has today. And when you, when you think about it, you go, okay, yeah, that's a good thing, right? But no, actually, it's a shit thing <laughs> because she's literally given the Western world the ability to institutionalize all these things that we've been talking about, right? Institutionalize slavery, institutionalize racism, institutionalize segregation and marginalization against people of color. She's literally given the Western world that. She's also given them the, the knowledge and know-how to actually subjugate other people, subjugate people of color. And even up to this day, this is actually what's happening. So, so my rant about this is, how is that premise a good thing? The queen has given the Western world everything that we have today and therefore we should be thankful. How is that a good thing? It's only a good thing for people in power. It's only a good thing for people that sit on top of that food chain. And let's be clear, it's only for people who are predominantly white and that has white privilege. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say that it's, it's closely linked to racism. Um, but also one other thing I want to point out is the reason I don't vilify the queen is because it wasn't, it wasn't her who implemented slavery, for example. It wasn't her who, who started colonialism. That being said, she has been in power for 70 years and in all 70 years, she has, she has chosen not to do anything against it or anti. So my connection to racism, right? Okay. So, and white privilege, where for decades, if not centuries, people have benefited from being white and not said anything. So not that they were the slaves that, that you know, you enslave people or treat people badly or you are racist but it's that it's not saying anything about it it's being quiet and yeah. just accepting the status quo and continuing to benefit from the history which is what the queen continued to do yeah so if we link it to this whole anti-racist theory right being an anti-racist is actively identifying and opposing or challenging racism. That didn't happen. Let's be clear. The idea is that by challenging racism, you can directly impact and change the beliefs and behaviors and policy that continue to maintain a culture of racism today. Right? You need to challenge that. There was one other point that I wanted to make on your earlier comment where you mentioned that the queen was 
born into this. She didn't do anything to change the direction, whether that direction was positive or negative, right? She literally just maintained the status quo. I kind of want to equate it to breaking the cycle. It's like an addict breaking the cycle of addiction. It's like a abused mother breaking the cycle of, of abuse. It's a mother or a father that breaks the cycle of poverty within their family. And, and those are the people that needs to be held up and glorified, yeah. right? If you can go from being an addict, break the cycle, come from an abusive relationship, whether that be in your adult life or your childhood life, and be able to break that cycle for somebody else, you should be glorified. Yeah. And if not, you don't deserve the glory, period. Yeah, and, and especially if you were in a position of power like the queen was for such a long time and you chose not to break the cycle. So we're talking about not standing by and not being quiet so that you don't stir the pot. The other one that comes up for me, that's, that's one of these big topics, right, is voting. We have the midterm elections coming up in November the 8th in the US. And being US citizens, it's really close to heart. We lived in America for 10 plus years and watched the fabric of America being torn apart due to underlying racism that has always existed in the country. And again, we get to this inflection point where we have another chance to actually cast our vote to make it right. Everybody's talking about the 2024 election, we midterm, it's also going to matter. So the question really that has been going around and, and discussion that has been going around is not who you're voting for, it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. The question for me is what are you voting for? What's on the ballot where you can actually make a difference you're not voting because you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. You're voting for the actual flippin' topic on the ballot. And people are so divided in the US that all they see is red and blue. Yeah. They don't see the fundamental underlying topics they underneath that, right? They don't even read the topics. They don't. They don't read the topics. They literally go into the voting station. You get a nice little piece of paper. And in fact, you also need to declare your preference of ballot paper that you want to get, which I find absurd. So just for shits and giggles, Michelle got, I predominantly vote Republican, and I got one that said, I predominantly vote I wanted to Democrat. See what different, I wanted to see what different information was being sent to Republicans versus Democrats. And it was quite interesting. Yeah, so, so essentially from a census perspective, our house is both Democrat and Republican. <laughs> and it's interesting because you get your ballot paper, you go and vote, and I'm making a generalization here, right? But if you are Republican, predominantly Republican, or, you, or you're predominantly uh, Democrat, all you're going to do is vote for candidates that are either Democrat or Republican. Inconsequential on what the hell the, the topic is that you're voting for. And I think that's what we are really trying to do with the Dreamcast project and everything that we talk about, right? It's not just about the sensationalist topics. It's about thinking. It's about challenging people to think about the impacts of their choices. Yeah. To not just be a sheep. 
and just go with the flow, right? Don't just be a sheeple. And especially if you're unsure, don't like either red or blue, then you simply don't vote and thinking that that's the easy way out. It's actually the worst decision to make. Yeah. We are also South African citizens, so we have dual nationality. And yes, we live in Spain. But South Africa is also still very close to our heart. And it is it has gone from an apartheid country, massively segregated, to being unified in 1994, to being mismanaged with lots of corruption within the country. So much so that there's an energy, there's, there, there is now an energy crisis in South Africa. And it's because of lack of forward planning. More people are coming online, right? More people are actually getting housing. So the, the stress on the infrastructure is more. Everybody could have seen that, but nothing was done to actually circumvent the problems that we're seeing at the moment. I mean, most black people used to live in abject poverty in South Africa 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago now, since apartheid was abolished. 1994 we're looking at looking at 30 years right so many people has come out of abject poverty and the strain on the systems it was obviously going to be immense the point is we have an energy crisis in south africa and you know there's a lot of different opinions around that too a lot of opinions about you know the mismanagement of it and it was better in the apartheid era and why is it so bad now but the but it comes down to the fundamental issue of if you don't take a stand and just be quiet and not vote in the right people to govern your country, your province, your state, then you sit with this problem, right? And we've had umpteenth conversations with friends, you know, different social media engagements around this topic where people are just complaining about the situation and not actually doing anything in order to rectify the situation. There is a direct correlation between that and just standing by and doing nothing, yeah. right? Because if you don't do anything, nothing's going to change. I had pulled up some data around voting in South Africa. And in the last local election, just under half of the registered voters came to the polls. Half of people that registered that said they were going to vote actually went to the polls to vote. And yet it's those same people that comes back and complains about how things are being managed within the country. This is the impact of standing by and being quiet and not taking action has on your life, right? It affects everything that you do. It affects every aspect of your life, not just the big macro discussions that we're talking about now. And we've only covered three. We haven't even talked about climate change, but also the micro bits in your life. I think the, the one of the biggest things for me at Dreamcast Project, we're trying to get people to think about their actions and genuinely understand that the, the power each of us has in not being a sheep. But if we do use our voice, you know, it might not be protesting every week like our friend is doing in California but at very least just going to place your vote reading the ballot understanding what you're what you're checking what you know why you're doing it and making sure you go in and you vote and the same goes with racism making sure that that you are acting in an anti-racist manner and not just keeping quiet and you know not stirring the pots every one of us has the ability to make a difference. And I think that is so understated 
It's so understated that I need to say it again. Every one of us has the power to make a difference. You also have the power to complain, but that gets you nowhere, right? And we can make a difference in many different ways. Voting is a tangible example, right? But some of the more softer skills is just to be kind, show empathy, help people when they don't expect anything in return, right? For me, the big one is just be the person you needed when you were younger. That's how you make a difference. That, that simple thing is how you make a difference in somebody else's life. You don't have to be extraordinary to make a difference. And that's, that's the thing that people kind of gravitate towards because they, they have this view of you have to have a lot of money and you have to have a lot of influence in order to make a difference, which is it's not true. And right? sadly, people who have a lot of money, money and a lot of power still chose not to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. You can make a difference just to be nice to your fellow human being, treat him with kindness and respect. Everybody benefits from, from that. You will make the world a better place. You know, instead, people just stand back and becomes a spectator of their own life. Look, life is, is messy. Life is, is painful at times, right? But life is also gloriously wonderful when you choose for it to be so. And when you actively go out and try and make the changes that will not only make your life better, but also the world better. It's actively getting up and doing something about it, right? That's what makes life so fucking amazing. It's not just waiting until shit happens to you. It's actually actively going out and making the shit that you want to have happen, happen for you. Because it's easy to sit in your comfort zone. It's comfortable to sit in your comfort zone and wallow in self-pity and feel bad about things and not do anything. But that's the point. You're not doing anything. You're not changing anything. And you forget the power that you actually have to make a difference. I think it boils down to attitude. You know, we're talking about the subject of not standing by and being quiet so that you don't stir the pot, right? You know, you can, you can kind of tie attitude to that. Um, it's your attitude that determines your life. If you want to sit back in, 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 in self-pity, then that's your attitude and that's going to give you the outcome of that attitude, right? And I think attitude determines how you approach all your problems in life and how you choose to treat everybody around you. Attitude determines your success or your failure in life. So at the end of our podcast, we normally do closing thoughts. There's a really good quote that I came across from Ali Wiesel. He was an American writer, professor, he's a political activist. He's also a Holocaust survivor. And it rung true to me specifically because of the, to the topic that we're talking about today, not standing by quietly so that you don't stir the pot. And it goes something like this. I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented.